Welcome to episode four of Not Fake News. I'm your host, Braden Hart. Uh, this is another impromptu episode, like last week. I uh, thought I was going to have a guest on, but turns out uh, my guest this time, well, was supposed to be my guest, was extremely swamped with work and could not come on. Well, he would have come on, but not until late at night, which it's almost past my bedtime anyway. And by the time he's ready, I will be uh, catching Z's. So it's going to be another short episode. I got about a couple of topics I'd like to discuss. We'll start off talking about uh, the president's latest executive order in regards to big tech. We'll talk about George Floyd. I'll talk about the president terminating uh, relationships with the uh, World Health Organization. I will talk about Justin Ross dropping out of the race. Something I should have, uh, uh, something I should have talked about last week. But the fact that I basically have the organization skills like my mother, I totally forgot to discuss it. <laughs> like I said, this podcast is still young. Give it some time. Uh, I think it'll take off because this is this is my career. I'm gonna do everything I can to help get it out there to more people without being. A provocateur without being a Charlie Kirk or Candace Owens. And now with that being said, let's start out with the first topic of today. Uh, Topic number one, uh, the president's uh, latest executive order. Uh, There's an article in the Washington Examiner by the very smart uh, Kaylee McGee. Uh, The article is titled, Trump's reported big tech executive order would create more problems than it would solve. It starts out by like this. After his latest spat with Twitter, President Trump has decided that enough is enough. He wants to sign an executive order rolling back big tech's legal immunity. The executive order, which Trump has suggested he'll sign on Thursday, he did sign it on Thursday. This article was uh, written on the day that he signed it, which I am reading now. Would deal largely with a portion of the law known as Section 230, a provision in the prote- in that protects uh, tech companies from being held liable to the content posted on the content posted on their platform. So basically, what it does is, if I go on there and I say, you know, even if I could make a death threat to someone, that death threat gets carried out. They find that it was on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube and whatnot. Uh, they can't be sued. Also with the uh, Yelp sites as well. Like if you go on there and you make a bad review about a restaurant, which causes a domino effect in that restaurant or whatever it is, gets uh, less service, then those sites cannot be sued. That's basically the gist of Section 230. Provision that protects tech companies from being held liable for the content posted on their platforms. Trump's order would allow federal officials to reconsider Section 230 and its protections and require the Federal Trade Commission to investigate complaints about political bias on big tech platforms. The merits of Section 230 are constantly worth debate. That is very true. Companies such as Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube have been allowed to operate under free speech protections while policing their own platforms. Uh, For example, YouTube with uh, Steven Crowder, one of my all-time favorite people. Uh, He got in trouble last summer because he was going back and forth. He made rebuttal videos that were going after uh, Carlos Maza over at Vox. Vox with a V. V. Vox. Uh, And... He had mentioned, I think, that Carlos Maza was a quote-unquote lipsy queer, but that wasn't it. Carlos Maza, I 
think, you don't quote me on this one, but I think that one of the the commenters on Crowder's uh, video sent out, you know, death threats and other uh, stuff, which I don't know why Steven Crowder is getting blamed for that. That's uh, He's not responsible for what his followers say. Also, you have problems on Facebook as well. You'll hear from a lot of the Trump right from people like... Uh, Buck Sexton, someone who I have respect for. I listen to his podcast every day. Uh, Will Chamberlain, Jack Posobiec as well. They will say people on the right are getting suspended left and right, but yet not many lefties are getting suspended. And there are uh, dictators, if you can call them that, that are on Twitter, such as uh, Ayatollah Khomeini of Iran and also the Islamo-fascist Erdogan of Turkey. They're still uh, on Twitter. <clears throat> And also, I think Louis Farrakhan might be on Twitter, too. I'm not entirely sure. He might have finally got kicked off. But anywho now, uh, Twitter and YouTube have been allowed to operate under free speech uh, protections while policing their own platforms for speech they deem, quote-unquote, harmful. So it is fair to argue that big tech wants to have their cake and eat it, too. But Trump's proposal would make things worse. Giving a government agency power over big tech would essentially allow the government to treat Facebook and Twitter like public utilities, which gives the government the right to pre-approve moderation policies, etc. Elizabeth Warren, radical leftist Elizabeth Warren, proposed a similar policy during her presidential campaign. And there's a reason most conservatives spoke out against it. Because no matter the motivation, uh, giving a federal agency the power to regulate big tech and the internet would stifle uh, efficiency and creativity both of which make the internet vital, and it would ultimately result in the corruptions and in flexi- yeah, the inflexibility, as do most bureaucratic regulations. Yes, regulations bad. They slow stuff down. Trump's proposed order would also set a dangerous precedent. Re- regulating big tech might give conservatives the advantage right now. Voter would come back to bite them later on because as soon as Trump signs that order, he is giving further precedents. Dem- he is giving f- further uh, future presidents, Democratic or Republican, the ability to regulate these platforms as they see fit. And it's only a matter of time before a Democratic president decides that big tech is showing too much favor to conservatives. Uh, like, not even a Joe Biden type. I'm not sure if Biden would do that, but wouldn't pa- wouldn't put it past a uh, Bernie Sanders acolyte. And the reason I say Bernie Sanders acolyte, not Bernie Sanders himself, is that I think this is Bernie Sanders' last hoorah. He, there's no way in hell he'll ever run again. The guy's 78, and he just had a heart attack, which... Never mind, never mind. On with the article. There are better solutions to the big tech problem. One would be allowing the free market to regulate these platforms. A little note on that. An example would be like what uh, Dan Bongino was doing. I don't agree with Dan all the time, but I respect what he's doing. He, like some of the Trump right, is calling out big tech for uh, censoring conservatives while also keeping some left-wing people on there as well. Uh, but what he's doing he is promoting another alternative to what to Twitter. It's an app called Parlor. He has been promoting it on his uh, podcast, The Dan Bongino Show, which you should totally go check out. He's very sharp as attack. Like I've said before, I don't agree with everything he says. With what everything he says, I think that his debate tactics tend to be a bit childish. However. He is extremely sharp when it comes to Russia collusion. He wrote a couple of books on that, and also about the economy as well. And 
Now, <clears throat> one would be allowing the free market to regulate these platforms, which uh, Jed Rubenfeld explains in another article. Another would be introducing digital licenses for internet-based companies that would uh, vary based on the size and scope of the company in question. In opinion, Stephen Hill explains at length in another article. What is clear is that neither of these options should come from the White House. This is the responsibility of Congress, since the crux of the complaint lies within Section 230, a law written and passed by Congress, which must therefore be changed by Congress. Uh, several Republican lawmakers, I believe, such as uh, Josh Hawley, is definitely one who's been spearheading this effort, have already proposed their own Section 230 revisions. Uh, Trump needs to let them take the lead rather than signing an executive order out of personal frustration. Because if Trump continues down this road, he might just end up opening a Pandora's box that will never, ever be able to close. Um, that was the bad Trump. And now, before we get to some of the more darker... Uh, the darker stories. Uh, there's a little good Trump. And uh, on Friday, while I was at work, I found out that he has, I believe, cut ties permanently with the World Health Organization, which is freaking awesome. Why is that awesome, you ask? Because the World Health Organization is on the payroll of the Chinese Communist Party. They have been covering up for China's atrocities, especially with COVID-19. Uh, they will not recognize Taiwan as a legitimate state. You can uh, There was a video of a Skype call with I think someone was interviewing one of the bigwigs over at the World Health Organization, uh, asked about Taiwan, and the guy being interviewed was just like, what? I, I couldn't hear you. I think you were on mute. And they asked the question again, and the guy just hangs up on him. Like, come on. Like, why? This is, like I said, that, that is good, Trump. I like, the, I like that the president did that. Thank God. Now if we could do something about the United Nations, that would just be perfect. Because the UN has just become nothing more than a virtue signaling uh, shit show that does absolutely nothing about legitimate dick about legit dictators, but oh, God forbid, they'll pass uh, a resolution uh, condemning Israel from defending its borders against Palestinian terrorists. Now, on to a more darker subject. Uh, on Memorial Day, a man by the name of George Floyd, who was, uh, uh, <clears throat> I don't want to say choked, I guess you could say choked. Uh, the backstory is that uh, police were called to a forgery. It was a forgery dispute, or someone had committed forgery, and that was apparently George Floyd. And apparently, another backstory, he apparently tried to resist arrest, and the cop responded by getting him to the ground and putting his knee on the back of Mr. Floyd's neck, which, from what I have heard, don't quote me on this one, but I think the protocol would be to put the uh, knee on the shoulder. But I guess the cop didn't listen, maybe... Didn't listen in training that well, but anywho, that has sparked massive riots, let's call them riots, also with some peaceful protests. I know I live in Missouri, there have been protests in St. Louis, I think some of those protests have gotten a little out of hand, but compared to what's going on all over the country, that is child's play. But there was a protest in Kansas City, which was very, very peaceful, and I'd just like to say that I'm usually one who would give the benefit of the doubt to the police officer. I thought, okay, maybe this was just he was incompetent, didn't know what to do. But I think this guy, if it wasn't racist motive, it was definitely malicious intent. I think he was 
trying, or maybe he wasn't, which is probably why they're charging him with uh, third-degree murder. And that's right. He was taken into custody a few days ago. Um, like I said, he was fired. He was uh, taken into custody. And now his wife has uh, divorced him. So not a good day to be that cop. Uh, the cop's name is, I believe, uh, Derek Chauvin. Chauvin? I don't know. Anywho, like I said, that has brought up riots. And let me be clear. Violence isn't speech, alright? It's just not. And people are already, one of their lines of defense is, oh, but the Tea Party, uh, they were violent. No, they weren't. That right there just shows that you don't know jack about American history. The Tea Party, all they did is they took uh, tea, which I think was being overly taxed. Again, I'd have to research that. And they dumped it into the Boston Harbor. That wasn't very violent at all. Another thing they'll say is, ah, conservatives, they supported the Michigan protests, but now they're calling them right. But now they're calling uh, these riots. Well, yeah. And you were referring to the Michigan protesters as domestic terrorists, which is weird because they didn't do anything. Here's a couple of questions for you if anyone just so happens to stumble onto this podcast. Did the Michigan protesters, did they riot? No, they didn't. Did they set buildings on fire? No, no, they didn't. Did they kill any police officers? Nope, no, they didn't. Did they... What else? Did they do any other bad stuff? Nope, no, they didn't. The worst thing that happened was that one of the protesters got right up in a cop's face and started screaming at him. I think that was the worst of it. And another thing that we're hearing is... (laughs) <laughs> Y'all didn't like the kneeling, so what did you expect us to do? Um, well, not riot. I mean, don't destroy American cities. I'm not sure how that's going to help your cause. I mean, if you're looking for attention, you got it. But most Americans are in solidarity with you. I mean, you have the right to be pissed off. But there are other ways to show it by not burning down cities and putting other people who have nothing to do with George Floyd or Michael or Derek Chauvin putting them at risk. Uh, you've seen instances of people who were basically just minding their own businesses. There weren't even cops. Uh, I was watching Steven Crowder's live stream last night. There was a guy, he was walking home, possibly walking from his work to his car. In a, He was wearing his bag of hat and a bunch of Antifa thugs just ganged up on him and chased him down the street and were had probably had bad intentions for that guy. And also the thing with the Colin Kaepernick as well, I'm going to point that out. This may be my most uh, hot take, and I'm not really saying this. You can take it for face value, but I think that was just a publicity stunt. Well, why would you say that, Brayden? Well, why would I say that? Why would you protest police brutality by kneeling for the national anthem? I fail to see how the national anthem has anything to do with police officers, or just more specifically, police brutality. I mean, if Colin Kaepernick would have gone and kneeled in front of a police precinct or in front of a courthouse, then, yeah, more power to him. But, nope. He decided he wanted to make, uh, for, he decided that he wanted to be on the front page of the newspaper. Again, he had his way, but that didn't really help. And also, that wasn't even a First Amendment issue. I'd also like to point out that he was protesting on company time. And also, I forgot, what was I going to say? 
Oh, and also the First Amendment's a two-way speech, uh, a two-way street rather. So, what it means, you know, the two-way street is that you have the right to protest or you have the right to speak out. However, I also have the right to say that you're a jackass and you're being absolutely stupid, and what you're doing is not helping at all. What Colin Kaepernick did didn't help. It, like I said, how does protesting the national anthem solve police brutality? They have nothing to do with each other. I've yet to see that. But anywho now, these are dark times in this country. And I'm, the pessimist in me says that things are only going to get worse. However, the optimist in me, not so much. I think we're going to be okay. When we come out of this, we'll be all right. Why? Because we're America. We're the greatest country on God's green earth. And whether, we all, whether you're liberal or conservative or a communist or an anarchist... You have to admit, you know, being in America, you, well, being in America is just awesome, okay? Yes, we're not perfect. We've got some stuff to work on, but hey, we are still one damn good nation, I think. Yes, like I said, we do have a police brutality problem, but I don't think that the police brutality can really be attributed to racism. I know people will highlight some of the cases, but I honestly think... If you take a look at every instance of a cop killing a civilian, overall, it's a corruption issue. And my two solutions, I have two solutions. Solution A, abolish the police unions. And I know a lot of my friends who are in unions, I will say this, not all unions are bad. I'm sure some unions actually do protect their workers. However, there are unions out there that are corrupt as hell. Option two would be to just privatize the police force in general. We should not abolish it. I honestly have just hopped on board today with just overall privatizing the police force, which I think that could help solve some problems. Why not give it a shot? Oh, what else was I going to say? I thought I was said something else to say about these protests. Also, stop talking about it like it's a collective. I saw one of my friends posted on Facebook something along the lines of, <laughs> stop uh, posting MLA quotes. Y'all had him assassinated too. No, we didn't assassinate MLK. Uh, James Earl Grey did. Not us. It was James Earl Grey. Uh, Ronald Reagan said uh, something along the lines. Let me find the tweet here. Let me see. It's a tweet that I had made a couple of days ago. I usually try to pull this up and uh, whenever we hear about a mass shooting and people all of a sudden start saying, oh, Take the guns. Hold on, I'm looking for it. There we go. This is a quote from Ronald Reagan. We must reject the idea that every time a law is broken, society is guilty rather than the lawbreaker. In this case, the lawbreaker being the cop. And society being just white people who had nothing to do with the fucking murder. Again, I apologize for the language. I'm just a little bit shaken. Uh, guilty rather than the lawbreaker. It is time to restore the American precept that each individual is accountable for his actions. And I agree. Uh, the cop that killed George Floyd ought to be held accountable. And I will just say this. Uh, the people who are upset that he was only charged with uh, third-degree murder, I'm not a lawyer, but if you want to charge him with anything higher, you have to legitimately prove that he was intent on murdering him. You could possibly get second-degree murder, but there's no way in hell that'll get first-degree murder. First-degree murder, it has to, you have to prove that not only was it intent, but you have to prove that it was also premeditated. Um, 
I think that's actually no. One thing I wanted to talk about, like I said, that I didn't get to last week because, like I said, I have the organization skills of my own mother, which means I forget to do certain things. Sorry, mom, if you hear that, it's just the truth. Uh, Justin Amash announced last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago that he was no longer going to run for president, which really upset me. And I even donated 50 bucks to Amash's campaign because, to me, Amash gave a voice out to the Trump skeptics, like, or the quote-unquote anti-anti-Trumpers, which they are referred to by the uh, never-Trump Republicans. Amash gave a voice to them, so in case he would have been a perfect alternative for uh, conservatives or libertarian types who didn't want to vote for Trump but was not going to cast a vote for Joe Biden. Uh, they would much rather vote third party. They don't believe that it is a binary choice. Uh, my opinion is Amash caved to uh, idiots like Rick the Prick Wilson and uh, deadbeat dad Joe Walsh who have already said, we're going to vote for Biden. You can't vote for that. Uh, you got to vote for Biden. Otherwise, you're a Trump sycophant. Uh, and I even tweeted, this is my uh, uh, pin tweet, something along the lines of, oh, you don't support Trump? Ha ha ha. Well, since you're not calling him a racist Nazi, you must be a Trump sycophant. Ha 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 ha. Vote for Biden. Ha 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 No, that's not how this works. I just wanted to say, uh, Justin Amash, I'm very disappointed in you. Can't believe you did this. That was probably... The biggest waste of $50 I ever spent. I mean, come on. You could have made a difference. It may not have been a Ross Perot type difference, but I think it would have helped. And like I said, it gave a voice to the Trump skeptics who don't want to vote for Trump, but don't want to vote for Biden. I would have possibly voted for Amash, but with the uh, news cycle that with all the news cycles that just keep flying by. One thing I've noticed in politics ever since I decided I wanted to do this back in 2016 is that news cycles just keep going by. There's at least, I don't know, 7 to 10 news cycles a week. But ever since, I think the biggest issues that dominated the news cycle ever since I got involved with politics, like I said, in early 2016, um, the Parkland shooting in Florida back in early 2018, that dominated the news for about a month. Now COVID-19, which dominated the news for two months now, and now you have the uh, protests that are going to dominate the news for quite some time now. Hell, even impeachment didn't. Impeachment was kind of a thing. I mean, it was covered by all the news channels, but it was just one of those. It was just like, boom, say your piece, get it over with. But like I said, uh, back to the original point, Justin Amash, you disappointed me. Wish you would have stayed in the race, man. I would have definitely have considered voting for you. Now, with that being said, I think that is a good place to wrap up. Again, I apologize for getting the podcast out so late. I was going to do everything I could to get uh, Mr. Castley on, even if it meant delaying the podcast for a couple of days. But unfortunately, he has been swamped with work, trying to make all that green. And he wouldn't be home until... Let's say 9 o'clock Pacific, which means 11 o'clock my time. And by that time, I will be uh, sawing logs or catching some Zs. So, going to try and get him on one of these weeks. Um, I will try and also get on Sandra McDowell, talk about her bid for Missouri governor. Also, 
Next week, not going to be an interview. I think next week is going to be just like this one, except you're going to be expecting this. You don't like, don't expect an interview unless I find someone interesting. I'll reach out to them and see if I can get them on. And then by that case, I will alert everybody on social media. But plan for next week for me to just do a news roundup. And also plan for me to have it out on Friday as well. So with that being said, I hope you all had a good weekend and I hope you all have a good night. If you're in the big cities, stay safe, all right? Also, if you're not a supporter of the Second Amendment, now would be a good time. The police force are busy and there's a good old saying that I just found out. When seconds matter, the police are minutes away. God forbid you live in one of these cities that are being destroyed by uh, these Antifa thugs and one of those assholes decide to break into your house. You don't have a gun and it's you and your children or anyone else, maybe a relative or anyone of that. You can't defend yourself. They come in, you get mugged. All right? Just a little thought out there. Also, like I said, just stay safe and good night. Proverbs 29.23